Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Our brains are not working today. Yes, some of you may have seen on our story the other day that Eli got COVID and I didn't, and he was very upset. So yeah. I went ahead and got COVID to make him feel better. Like a good partner. <laughs> like a good partner. <laughs> She's decided, <clears throat> you know what? We're in this together. That's right. So we both have COVID right now. Right now. Yay. Currently today. <laughs> it's actually my first COVID experience. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Three years that's in. Right. Or two. Yeah. Three years in. It's number two for me. Um, because I did, I I went ahead for round one and signed up in April of Early 2020. Up. Yeah, that was fun. You wanted to be um, in front of the line. Yeah, I was like me first, everybody, <laughs> and that was mild but long, six months. Yeah. And now it's mild and hopefully short. That's my hope. Yeah. I don't like it. I'll say that, but I don't like any sickness. So no, well, I would be a real baby about it, no matter Diana what. Diana almost never gets sick. I was so certain she wasn't going to get it, even though I definitely had it. And we were living in this small house together, and it's pretty impossible for us to avoid each other. We work from home, and we don't have a second bedroom. You know, we're just here. It's not possible. Um, There's not that many doors in this house either, so no. it's like <laughs> you can't. And be. the circulation is absolutely terrible. But oh, here we are. But we're here. Here we are. We're doing it. We're here. We said, you know what? Let's take our minds off of everything else and tell a ridiculous romance today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, We need it. 
Yeah. Yeah, this one's late because yesterday I simply could not get it together. Simply could not. Yeah. I simply could not. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, uh, you know, because you don't know what yesterday is when you're listening to this. Yesterday uh, was Friday, June 24th. Um, and if you looked at the news on Friday, June twenty fourth, you know that it was a it was a um, a challenging day, right? Uh, that put us in a mood. Very frustrating day, upsetting in so many ways. Yeah, um, maddening. We won't get too into that, even though surely you know how we feel around here. Yeah, we just uh, about this. Won't be able to stop, and then we'll be in a bad mood, and we won't have a great episode. And exactly. We won't have a great We're episode. We're trying to have a great episode about something completely different. Yes, and this is a great episode. This is a wild story for sure. I'm very excited about this one today. It's a story from Japan. It's a recent story, uh, 2018, mm-hmm. uh, contemporary, ridiculous romance. Love those, and uh, and it just keeps getting more ridiculous because this story is all over the place. We started out finding this BBC article by Sarah McDermott and it came out in November of 2018. And I'm reading this article and I'm like, yes, absolutely. We're doing this story. Then I found a much more detailed article in The New Yorker from earlier in that same year, like April of 2018. These two stories are ostensibly identical. They use different names. Uh, They have a few different quotes, but it's telling the same exact story, which is a single mother in Japan, felt really terrible for her daughter who was miserable and being bullied at school because she didn't have a father. After this mother felt like she'd tried everything, she finally found the girl's father and it completely turned this girl's life around. Mm -hmm. But the truth of what was going on here is wild Mm -hmm. and shocking and truly, I mean, there's just no other word for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then beyond that truth... (laughs) is a twist that is going to just totally blow your mind. So we've got to get into this story because as I'm researching it, I'm just like, what? Wait, what? What? So That's uh, legit. Yeah. That's exactly what she the other it. room sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so let's get right into it. Can't wait. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Okay, so around 1998, mm-hmm. a 21-year-old Japanese woman who uses the name Reiko in the New Yorker article married a man called Inaba after she learned that they had gotten pregnant together. But shortly after she gave birth to her daughter, Mana, they separated and Inaba left them for good. Mm-hmm. As she grew up, Mana would start to ask about her father, like, where, where is he? Mm-hmm. Is he ever coming back? Who is he? Natural questions. Right, obviously. And Raiko didn't want to tell her like the full story of what happened to him. So she said that the only thing she ever really told Mana is that your father left shortly after you were born. Mm-hmm. She was trying to protect her from some truths. But what this ultimately did is it made poor Mana feel like she was the reason that he left. Mm-hmm. Like she was born. Dad. He was like. Took no. off. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that's. Obviously, that the children of single parents, as I understand it, that can be, you know, a psychologically mm-hmm. difficult thing for them to grow up with where they feel a lot of self-blame. Right. Or divorce. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you sure. feel like, oh, it's my fault. Right. <clears throat> right. Now, as Mana grew older, 
this family separation stuff didn't seem to be like a real problem. It's just like an occasionally disappointing sort of sad conversation yeah. they yeah. have. But then when Mana was about 10 years old, her mother saw her behavior change. Um, she started becoming really quiet and reserved. She was anxious and upset all the time. She kind of withdrew from her mother's affection. She seemed very depressed, even angry. Mm. And at first, Reiko didn't know what was going on with her because, you know, normally young girls don't act like this until they're teenagers <laughs> when it's very obvious what's going right, on. Right. <laughs> um, but she did get to the bottom of it. Reiko said, quote, it took a long while to find out about the bullying. Oh, so being a single parent in Japan is tough business for everybody involved. And I figured we would take ourselves a quick fling with history. I don't want to go to school. So in 2013, the Japanese government rolled out some policies to try and get their economy moving again. And one of these was called... Womenomics. Which I feel like as soon as I heard, I'd be like, just this... Portmanteau is making me think this is a bad idea. <laughs> is that a book by Suze Orman? Oh, man. It sure does sound like Sheryl <laughs> Sandberg's memoir, Womenomics. <laughs> um, I cannot tell you the success rate of Womenomics as a whole, because, again, I just very briefly dug into this one particular issue. But Prime Minister Shinzo Abe said women were Japan's, quote, hidden asset. Hmm. Um, or according to an article in The Diplomat by Thisanka Siripala, quote, an underutilized resource that could alleviate pressure to look for foreign migrants to solve the labor crunch. Oh. They're like, so they hey. were like, you should get to work, ladies. <laughs> well, they're like, we've got a labor shortage and women in people. Japan traditionally aren't working that much. So mm -hmm. why don't we bring them into the workforce, Right. you know, and see what that does for everybody. And between 2015 and 2019, women's employment rose 50%, adding 3.3 million women to the workforce. Previously, it was traditional for women to stop working after they got married. But now women would usually work until they gave birth for the first time. And then after a few years of raising children, they would return to the workforce. But, of course, the problem here Stop is that... Stop me if you've heard this before. Yep, yep. After women were away from these jobs, raising children for a few years, they came back and they were offered low-wage positions, irregular jobs, unstable jobs. Uh, so it was just kind of hard for them to, like, you know, jump right back into the salaried positions they were already working towards or yeah. anything like that. A common story worldwide, yep. it seems. And, of course, then the pandemic hit and that made things even worse. Yeah, single mothers again, stop us if you've heard this again if you've heard this before, but single mothers whether divorced, unmarried or widowed were hit the hardest, mm -hmm. especially when schools closed. Right. And even though 82% of single mothers are employed in Japan, their average income is around 2.43 million yen, which sounds like a big number. Right. But let's maybe pull out that currency calculator that we got and it is Actually, only $23,000. Wow. According to the OECD, or the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, Japan ranks number four of member nations for the worst gender pay gap at over 22%. Man. Pretty bad. Yeah. U.S. is doing great, guys. We're all the way down the list at number six. So, <laughs> pretty cool land of the yeah. free. And the best, actually, gender pay gap is Romania, 
with 0.8%. Wow. So okay. Romania, if you're looking for work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to get paid as close as, as possible to men, right? Uh, go to Romania. Yes, Romania. Yeah. But a lot of this can be traced back to rigid cultural gender roles, mm. where men are very reluctant to take paid paternity leave, and the burden of raising children and caring for the home disproportionately falls on women. Right. This is just all sound like deja vu all over this story. Uh, the diplomat says, quote, women spend on average three hours and 44 minutes each day on unpaid labor compared to 41 minutes for men. Wow. In the U.S., the New York Times reported in 2020 that it's four hours for women compared to two and a half for men. OK, so we've got a closer, mm-hmm. a closer ratio, but in the US, but, but we work more unpaid hours. <laughs> <laughs> that second shift is still a real thing. Yep. The point being, it's very tough for a single working mother in Japan, but it's also tough to be the child of a single parent. Bloomberg reported in 2018 that while Japan's overall population had been declining, the number of single mother households in Japan rose. Uh, That was by about 50 percent between 1992 and 2016. Hmm. And the child poverty rate for these households was at 56 percent, which is the highest among OECD nations. Yikes. So you've got this major economic disparity for kids of single parents. And I think even here, we can really relate to how that can impact what school is like for one of these kids, right? Because if you can't keep up, if you don't have like fresh new clothes or the newest technology or toys or even like books and things like that, like kids see that. Oh, yeah. I even I remember getting really ma- like r- like ripped apart in fifth grade because I wore like a pair of shoes that my grandmother had given me. And they were oh, like wow. these Jordache, like blue. Actually, when I re- when I recall the shoes, they're pretty cool, actually. So I think they were just jealous. <laughs> right. But they made me feel insane for wearing them. Oh, and man. I like got rid of them immediately. I was just yeah. like, I can never leave the house, apparently, with these shoes. So it's like the smallest shit. I don't care about anyone's opinion about my shoes now. <laughs> but at the time, it felt really big. It felt really shitty. I got teased for bringing a packed lunch instead of buying my lunch at school. And I'm like, but my lunch is way better than yours. (laughs) Like the school lunches (laughs) that you pay for are not good. They are not good. What are you talking about? Except for those square pizzas, which were not good. But (laughs) they were still like, ooh, pizza. (laughs) You know what it was, though? If I brought like a a big K soda instead of a name brand soda. I knew you were poor. Oh, man. That was like... So embarrassing. Mm. Well, Mana had things a little tougher than I did uh, because, you know, kids just suck in general. True. So, you know, finding out. <laughs> no offense that, to your kids. <laughs> right. But finding out that Mana was, you know, a, a child of a single mother, mm-hmm. they would just use that as a reason to get nasty and make her feel different and bully her. Of course. So that's what was happening with her. And it was really changing her whole personality. And eventually, Reiko realized the reasons her daughter's attitude and behavior had changed so much, it wasn't just because she was blaming herself for her father leaving. It was because these classmates were also blaming Mana for her father leaving. Yeah. Uh, they would tease her every day relentlessly for not having a dad to the point where eventually Mana started to refuse to go to school. Mm. Um, Reiko tried everything for her daughter. She said, quote, she's my only child and it was breaking my heart to see her so sad and she went down to the school. She spoke to teachers, administrators, and try and get them to intervene in the bullying, but that did not work. Of course. 
Uh, and she was at a total loss for how to help her daughter. You know, she's like, seems like she's going to be in her bedroom until she goes to college. And right. She won't be able to go to college because she didn't finish middle school. Yeah. Then, one day, seemingly out of nowhere, Reiko knocked on Mana's bedroom door. And the girl didn't respond as usual. So her mother just cracked the door open. This 10-year-old girl looks up and she sees her mother standing there with a strange man in the doorway. Her mother whispered into the room, Mana? This is Inaba, your father, and he would like to meet you. What? And the kid was totally silent. She doesn't know what to say to this. She just rolled back over in her bed, pulled a blanket up over her head. Sure. Don't talk to me. Makes sense. I don't want to hear it. So Inaba, this man, spoke to her softly from the doorway, and she still is not responding. Eventually, he slowly entered the room, and he sat down at her bedside, and he gently stroked her arm. And he said to Mana, quote, I'm sorry I didn't come and meet you. At this point, Mana kind of slid out from under the covers. You know, she's like opening up a little bit, but she still avoided eye contact. It, so Inaba looks around the room. He's like, oh, something I can relate to, I can talk to her about. And he sees a poster for a boy band called Arashi. Hmm. He smiled and told Mana, you know, I was an extra in an Arashi music video. <gasps> and this totally clicked. Mana smiled. She couldn't help but be amused by that. Right. And she finally looked up and made eye contact with Inaba. And eventually the two of them come downstairs and had, quote, an incredibly awkward lunch together, which makes <laughs> right, sense to sure. me. <laughs> Inaba showed Mana the Arashi video that he was in just for a brief second. You know, right. Like, that's me walking That's along. me. That blur right there. <laughs> <laughs> pause it. Pause it. After four hours, Inaba had to leave. Mm. But they would see each other about twice a month on a regular basis after that. And this totally turned Mana's life around. Together, Inaba, Reiko, and Mana would go out for the day. They'd see a movie. They'd walk through parks. Aww. And it was amazing. She's getting that family time that yeah. she never had before. Yeah. And feeling like this father cares about her. You right. Know, and wants right. to know who she is and right. stuff like that. So it was really good for, that's amazing for your confidence. And it wasn't long before Reiko saw a big change in her daughter's mood. She's happier, more talkative, energetic. Soon she even asked to go back to school again. When you ask him to go to school, you know you're feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> she had a new confidence. She didn't feel so different anymore. And the BBC article says Inaba even came out with Reiko to a parent's day at Mana's school, where Reiko says, quote, She saw us together and kept turning around to look at us. She had the biggest smile on her face, and that made me really happy. The bullying decreased, and Mana was a new girl who was so proud to have her dad back. Except Inaba wasn't Mana's dad. His real name was Yuichi Ishii. He was an actor that Reiko had hired to play Inaba for her daughter. What? Yeah. It's Excuse wild. Me? Uh, and we're going to talk about how this all worked and why this all happened and where she found this guy right after this break. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to this crazy story. Um, Okay, so this is bonkers. This guy is an Mm -hmm. actor. And I do want to start out by saying, like, it's it's so interesting to read this story and kind of hear this sort of mentality that this girl felt like like she needed to have a father to feel normal or to feel happy. Mm -hmm. When, of course, like there are many children of single mothers and single fathers, single parents out there in general who lead wonderful lives and are very happy and you know there's and there's different ways that they cope with that i think too obviously the teasing and the bullying that kids do Mm -hmm. is probably really what set it off i know that reiko worked a lot she's a dental hygienist um doing what she could but Mm -hmm. uh she felt like this was the solution for 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 mana 
That is so weird. It is very strange. And, and we'll get into why. But first, I want to talk about where this guy came from. Yeah. There are multiple agencies in Japan, apparently, that rent out actors to fill like a personal role in your life. Reuters has an article in 2009 that I found by Yoko Kubota that talks about the big actor rental industry around weddings in Japan. Oh. Hiroshi Mizutani is a man who runs the company Office Agents in Tokyo, and he says, quote, we'll attend the wedding as your friend instead of your friend. Because <laughs> who wants their <laughs> friends at their wedding? <laughs> Maybe I, you have some real shit friends and you're like, they will disturb my wedding. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't have switched out a single friend at our wedding. No. I, Wait, do they listen? Do all our friends listen to this show? Definitely not. Okay, well, then I would have switched out all the ones who don't listen to ridiculous romance. (laughs) (laughs) Bring me the guest list now. (laughs) But the rest of you were totally cool. No, we had a great (laughs) wedding with amazing people at it. Oh, yeah. Still talked about to this day. (laughs) But it was you. You all are the ones who made it so good. Yeah, so true. You know, we just just brought you together. Mm -hmm. You made it great. All right. Okay, so this guy opens office agents and the applications of this are endless. Like sometimes you would get just a seat filler, right? Uh, oh, my God, a friend couldn't make it. This table's mm-hmm. off balance. Uh, yeah, sick. I'll hire an actor to come hang out at my wedding. Huh. Get a free dinner, 50 bucks. You know, now my I don't have this weird empty seat, I guess. Some people the are horror. really obsessed with that. <laughs> hey. I have heard some people really freak out about an empty seat. No, it's true. I mean, speaking of our wedding, we were very casual about that sort of thing. We had no seating arrangements or anything. But I know some people are very careful and for good reason, because sometimes you just there's people who cannot sit together without causing some (laughs) problems. That's true, too. Um, Or they might hire these actors to, like, balance out a big guest list. Right. Okay. Uh, Somebody. So maybe the, the bride has 75 people she wants to invite and the groom's like, I only know seven people and I feel weird about about that so right. hire some more his side of the room is so empty right That's sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah in fact they talk about one guy who all 30 of his guests friends and family were all actors because it was his second wedding and he didn't want to invite all the same people that came to his first wedding <laughs> y'all already got to party <laughs> it's time for someone else you get one <laughs> that's so funny or was he like embarrassed that he get married again i think that might have been it he was like, your friends already know that, though? Maybe not. Maybe mm. maybe he married a doppelganger, the <gasps> twin or oh, something. Oh, my God. He married her twin sister. Speculation <laughs> Station. He married her twin sister. <laughs> he didn't want anyone to know. <laughs> yes. He simply replaced her with a clone. Right. Told all his friends. Oh, and she changed her name. Yeah. And also, she likes to be called something else now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> This guy um, is weird. <laughs> also, uh, she has a twin sister who won't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> She's mad for some reason. Yeah, don't worry about it. Sometimes at these weddings, even the person's partner doesn't know that their guests are actors. Weird. Yeah. That's even weirder. And, Do you yeah. feel like you get mad later if you're like, well, what the fuck did I pay all this food for? Some strangers? <laughs> I definitely write about that. But apparently, and then the quotes from these articles that exist about these agencies, they have a lot of people saying, you know, I would never do that because it's deception. Mm-hmm. But then they have also quotes from people who said, oh, yeah, I found out later that my husband had hired actors, but I totally understood that what he was feeling and why he felt like he needed to do that. I didn't feel deceived. Okay. You know, it was just something that was important to him. So who am I to be angry? I guess that, you know, that's 
people totally, have different opinions about what is a deception and a betrayal. That is true. Than, yeah. And I think that like for I think I think we are very forgiving about those things where I'm like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but you hear couples sometimes that are like anything you don't tell me. Right. is a lie is a, yeah. and that betrays my trust and while there are certainly many of those things out there that are true you know like i didn't tell you that i stopped and got an ice cream on the way home today because i wanted some ice cream and you didn't bring me one <laughs> that's an example of one that i wouldn't do you wouldn't in our have... relationship <laughs> no actually eli one time brought me a milkshake just because he was nearby a shake shack yeah and he just knows i like milkshakes so he you, brought me one you gonna, without even asking um, you're gonna you're gonna stick with one time on that Okay, fine. I was just thinking about a recent <laughs> time. But yes, he will often bring me a treat. Yeah. Um, but, for example, I might not tell you... What's something I wouldn't tell you? Hmm. Um, uh, what wouldn't I tell you? I wouldn't be like, um, God damn, why can't I think of one? Hmm. I know. I really can't think of anything particular. I guess it hasn't come up. There's not, Nothing has come up that I needed to keep a secret from you. Very... I'm... I'm digging Careful. for like what I'm currently lying to you about wow. that I can bring up on air and I can't I don't think any of them work any of them none of the 12 12 <laughs> I gotta start getting some secrets I Wait, guess <laughs> that's 13 because I lied it's not 12 it's 15 so 16 uh oh the number keeps growing <laughs> I don't care for this arithmetic no the only thing I lied to you about is that I have anything to lie to you about. Mm. Is that wait? Did I say that right? Does that track? The only thing uh, I the only thing I lied is lied that I am lying. Is that I'm lying? I think, therefore, I am lying. <laughs> I think I'm lying. Therefore, I am lying. I lie. Therefore, I am. Where were we? What's the oh story God, about? Oh my God! What is the story about? We started talking right, about ourselves. Wedding, wedding actors. Yes. Okay. So you can hire people to come to your wedding yes. for you. Yes. All right. You can also hire fake lovers to introduce to your friends or family. So if you have that fake girlfriend in Niagara Falls and you finally want to introduce her, <laughs> right? Yeah. Around, you can do that. Um, or you can get like a fake secretary to make you look important. This now is that's awesome. pretty fun. <laughs> I would totally do that. Just follow me around with a clipboard. I know, right? And you're just like, hold all my calls. <laughs> Your phone's yes. not ringing, but like hold them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you could hire someone else to be calling your phone constantly. Of course you can. Yeah. I'm like, going to hire a whole team of actors to be like my corporate team. There you go. There yeah. you go. And they're like putting papers in front of you for your signature, but they're totally blank. <laughs> yes. They're like, we need you for this decision. <laughs> UnseenJapan.com has an article from this year saying that rental families are becoming more popular too. A lot of clients are single people, no close friends or family. But they say it's not exclusively a service for just, like, lonely people. Right. Sometimes you hire an escort as your date to an important event. Sure. You know, you don't want to show up at your ex's wedding all by yourself. Right. Some people just like to pack out their family parties and right. make them feel, like, more energized and full. You know, yeah. you have, like, six best friends, but you're like, I want to have a rager. Yeah, or, like, maybe you have a small family, but you're like, oh, what would it feel like to have, like, a family reunion of, like, right. 30 people over here yeah. playing Cards Against Humanity? <laughs> People Yelling. still play that? Surely. Uh, pin the tail on the donkey, you know, the hoop sure. and the stick. I'm thinking of really current games. Our parties are really fun, guys. <laughs> you should come over sometime, play hoop yeah. and stick. We do that. We, we, Diana sits on a little bench. We throw apples, <laughs> trying to knock her into the water. 
The stick is a working model of Lao Ai's penis. Oh, wow. <laughs> you have to put it in a, in a wheel. Now we're talking the ridiculous romance-themed party. I mean, actually, that would be really fun. All right. We'll we'll All put right. out we'll put down if you have any ideas for a ridiculous romance themed party. Yeah. Games, decor, right. activities. Uh-huh. Feel free to send them in send because them our who way. knows? We're gonna have a live show one day, and why shouldn't we fill the lobby with a bunch of bullshit? Absolutely. And <laughs> add ready. it add it to your letter writing campaign as you yes. harass iHeartRadio to give us a live party. Right, and lots and a big budget uh, for all of these <laughs> games and activities. Maybe, maybe we should talk to Ben and Noel at Ridiculous History about getting Ridicucon going. <gasps> and it's just one convention dedicated Ridicucon. to ridiculous history, ridiculous romance, ridiculous news, and ridiculous crime. I love that. Uh, the Ridiculous deserves its own convention, quite frankly. That's right. San Diego, here we come. <laughs> San Diego, we're in here. So, yeah, all right. So you can hire all these people um, to come to your RidicuCon in case you don't feel like you have enough fans. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> we would never need to. We wouldn't need that. Yeah. Anyway, as we said, you know, all the lying involved with hiring these fake people, it does raise some ethical questions. Sure, sure. Um, one company called Family Romance says on their website that even so, quote, we receive about 250 requests per month and our customer satisfaction rate is 98%. Wow. So if people are having issues with this lie, they're not sharing it with family romance. Right. I mean, you know what I love the most about this? Hmm. All the jobs for actors. I mean, oh my God, there's so many performance opportunities here. (gasps) You could be a working actor for real. It's like, um, boy, it's like the extreme version of doing like princess parties sure right? i was gonna say a celebrity impersonation right yeah or like uh, like little parties you get paid to come in as sylvester stallone uh-huh. or whatever but you don't have to be sylvester stallone and you don't have to look like elsa you just have to show up it's and be like my guys. cousin <laughs> <laughs> that is nice it does open it up a bit for you <laughs> as good. an actor that's pretty good to play different characters Okay, so this company, Family Romance, is the one that Reiko called when she decided she needed to do something about her daughter's depression. It turns out that Mana's real father, Inaba, had actually been abusive to Reiko. And shortly after Mana was born, Reiko divorced his ass and kicked him out. Right, girl. But so that's she, the truth she wanted to That's like, the truth shield. that she, yeah, that she didn't want to tell Mana. She didn't want to tell her, you know, your biological father is a piece of shit. Yeah, nobody likes to hear that. Right. Like a half piece of shit. Yeah. She was just like, oh, you know, you know what? He right. just had to go. And obviously that wasn't the best thing for Mana to hear because she, she always just heard he left after you were born. Right. Um, but after all her attempts to curb this bullying, to try and do something to bring Mana's confidence back, Reiko found the website for family romance. And she thought, maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just get her a dad. So she filled out an application where she listed exactly the kind of father she wanted for her daughter. She said, quote, My requests were simple. I wanted him to say how sorry he was that he couldn't be in her life, and then I wanted him to listen to whatever she wanted to tell him. And Reiko said that no matter what, she wanted this guy to just react with kindness to Mana. Okay. It's a pretty great thing to ask for your kid. Like, I just want a dad who's just going to be the the best dad. Like, I'm paying you to literally be the best dad you can imagine. Yeah. Anyway, this fake Inaba's services were not exactly cheap, by the way. At twice a month for either four or eight hour shifts, these visits each cost about 20 to 40,000 yen, which is calculating transfer rate. 150 to 300 dollars per visit. Wow. That's not light for no, sure. No. It's a good rate for an actor. <laughs> oh my god, very good. Yeah. 
Uh, Reiko, who earned a decent but not lavish salary, again, she's a dental hygienist, so pretty good, but nothing like to write home about, I guess. She had to budget more tightly. She was cutting back on food. She was buying their clothes at flea markets. And they told Mana that Inaba had been working as an actor, which was true. Right. And that's how he had the old music video footage to show. So right. it's all come together. Yeah. And Inaba, or rather Ishii, as his real name is, had been working for years as a hired family member. As a kid, he used to make prank phone calls, and his friends would gather around to watch his flawless performance. Right. He's like a Bert, uh, he's like a Bart Simpson of his <laughs> his time. They said he 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 said he was always able to do it because he could say whatever he wanted and not laugh and just Ooh. sound totally serious. And as a kid, he was able to impersonate an adult's voice. Wow, that's yeah, pretty good. So he was you know really good at this. Now, not laughing is hard. Yeah, that's really absolutely that's pretty impressive. Uh, in his 20s, he worked as a model and an extra in movies, and he also worked as a caregiver for the elderly, mm. which the New Yorker article points out is almost like working as a rental grandson. Right. You're like paying someone to care about you in your old age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would go in and just spend time with them, mm-hmm. you know, just hang out, talk about books or watch yeah. TV or whatever. Yeah. It's like having your grandkid come over. That's nice. When Ishii was young, he had a friend who was a single mother who was having trouble getting her daughter into this competitive kindergarten because the schools favored children with married parents, right? Just anything to make the list shorter and just toss people out. So he offered, he's like, yeah, you know what? Well, why don't I just pretend to be the kid's dad, go in for a school interview with you, and uh, we'll get you in. How does that sound? So he did this for his friend. And it went very poorly. (laughs) It did not work. He and the daughter didn't know each other at all. So it was like a super awkward conversation. I mean, I'm guessing they got a lot wrong about each other. (laughs) Like they go and they sit down. The the school admissions officer's there. He's like, well, and what makes you think that your daughter is right for this school? Well, she loves, um, let's, uh, one, two, three. Candy. Oh. Oh. Um, I mean, <laughs> she loves. She loves. Um. One, two, three. Swing boating. sets. Uh, on a boat. She loves <laughs> swinging on a boat, don't we all? Hey. The singles cruises. She loves <laughs> singles cruises. <laughs> You're a terrible father, sir. <laughs> so the you know, missions guy's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Hey, little girl, what do you like so much about your father? Mm. She's like, oh, he's just so awesome at buying buying things. things. Oh, (laughs) wait. Oh, I guess you are really his daughter. Is that what we think dads are for? (laughs) Buying things. Wow, we both went immediately to that. That's not supposed to happen. (laughs) I think I. I think uh, I messed uh, up was doing the improv game where you are trying to say the same trying, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're a little out of practice. In our, it's, the it's the COVID. It's our the COVID. Our brains aren't talking. working right. The COVID is talking. <laughs> oh, well, we ruined that bit. <laughs> uh, no. So, but yeah. So, anyway, it didn't right. work out. It didn't work. <laughs> but the experience taught Ishii what not to do, and he got kind of obsessed with getting better at it. He's like, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to help single moms get their kids into kindergartens. <laughs> That is my mission in life. (laughs) But he really felt like, you know, he could help other people in similar situations. 
Then he was inspired by a rental relative agency called Hagemashi Tai, which means I want to cheer you up. And eventually he decided to get into the business himself. He's like, I want to cheer people up, too. I mean, that is a noble, (laughs) noble mission in life, in my opinion. Now, he worked tons of jobs. Sometimes he was a wedding guest or a fake boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But some of these jobs were straight crazy. For example, when a person at their job had an angry client or customer, sometimes she would get hired to come in and play their supervisor to apologize to the irate client. Oh, wow. And sometimes that person would demand to speak to someone higher up on the chain. They'd (laughs) carry it up and be like, send me your manager. And the agency would send in another actor to be the department head or the vice (laughs) president or like a CEO or whatever. (laughs) Do you think they had like a van outside? They're like, Uh, quick, she said she wants to speak to someone higher up. Send in the next actor. Go, 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 go. Who in here has CEO experience? You, 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 uh, you go in. (laughs) What? uh, That's amazing, though. I would I would love to have. Not to be either one of those people, but to be like the 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 in between, yes. the guy who's like, oh, you want to yell at my manager? Let me bring him in and just bring yeah. in an actor. That's brilliant. Perfect. Every company should have a fake CEO that you can yell at because you feel real good as a customer. Like I told that CEO what what was what, what. for. Um, So, yeah, they would have these fake supervisors and stuff. But even more stressful were the situations involving affairs. Because sometimes a husband would find out his wife was cheating on him and he would demand a personal apology from her lover. Oh. And obviously, of course, the lover is like, the fuck I'm going to go talk to your husband. (laughs) That's the last person I want to talk to. Yeah, for real. So Ishii would go in and act the part and, like, apologize to this guy. Wow, I'm and so sorry for sleeping with your wife. I just, my, I should have had I more sh- respect for you yes. and your property, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Sometimes the husband knows that the lover is also married, so he would demand that both of them come in and speak to him. So, like, like the husband, the lover, and his wife. Wow. Or the lover. So, like, you've been cheating on me Uh with this guy who's also married. So, I want to talk to that guy and his wife. That's right. Bring him in here. I want (laughs) to lay it all on the table. Some Jerry Springer action. Uh huh. So, in that case, the agency sends two actors to play the couple. And the actresses playing the fake lovers' wives say these are the worst assignments, Mm. which makes a lot of sense to me. As, quote, in addition to making her feel guilty and terrible, they tend to run overtime, and the husbands usually shouted and behaved aggressively. Wow. So you cheat on me. Right. And your your lover comes over with his wife, and I'm right. like, you listen here, lady. You should have yeah, you, you should have known what your husband was doing. He was sleeping with my wife. So true. How dare you? I'm so mad at you. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Huh? Um, we've reached the end of our time, so you what? can continue to shout, but it will cost you another $300. Excuse me? <laughs> if you say one more word (laughs) (laughs) amazing but eventually Ishii ended up with this job being Mana's fake father Mm. and they started to do everything together Reiko would book him for months out in advance he would go to their birthday parties he showed up for school events they even all went to Disneyland together wow 
Mana often wondered why Inaba could only stay for four or eight hours at a time. Mm-hmm. It's like very, very specific. Specific schedule you've got here, Dad. <laughs> but they told her, oh, well, Inaba remarried and he has a new family. So this is just the time that he can come spend with us. Mm. But Mana was happy enough. Mm-hmm. Her whole attitude had changed and she was more outgoing. She was more talkative. Nice. She started to do well in school again. And this continued on for nine years. Wow. Even though it's all for hire. Ishii says that as part of the job, keeping his personalities distinct and separate is really important. But he says, quote, I'm human. And so, of course, it would be a lie if I said I don't feel any emotional conflict saying I love you to this child. But this is a business. I have to do it. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. He's like, it's the job. Sure. Yeah, I have to tell this kid that I love her, that I'm her dad and I love her. Right. And I'm lying. I know that I'm lying when I do that. I don't love her. She's not my kid. Right. But this is what I'm getting paid for. I feel like it's important work. Uh, but Reiko does not regret a moment of this yeah. nine years. She said that when Mana started talking again and wanted to go back to school, quote, that's when I thought this has all been worth it. No matter how drastic her decision, she says she knows that it saved her daughter. But Reiko put herself in an odd position, too, because now she's starting to get very attached to the character of Inaba, uh, played, again, by mm-hmm. Ishii. Yeah. She said in The New Yorker, quote, Sometimes I wish Inaba-san would marry me. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm also happy when he comes to see us. It's only a limited time, but I can be very, very happy. Honestly, he's a very nice man. I mean, this makes so much sense to me. You've got this guy coming over pretending to be your right. part of your family. Yeah. And you do that for four or eight hours a day, twice, two to four times a month. Like For nine years? It, oh, my God. He's back. He's here. He's gonna, And if he's good at his job, clearly. Right. Of course, they feel very loved and cared for. There is a relationship there, right? That's what I'm... Yeah. It's like, is it at some point, does the relationship not become real? Even yeah. though you have a fake name. Right. Is there not real emotion there for this, this family that you spend so long with? Right, and so right. much time with? Do you not actually get a connection, a real emotional connection? We will talk to Ishii about that for sure. Because that question is is one of the big ones. The thing is, okay, throughout all of this, Reiko never knew who Inaba really was. Right. Like, she doesn't know his real name. Right. Or the fact that he actually owned the company Family Romance. Oh, This guy started Family Romance. Oh. And run, he's the boss. She got the head guy to come be dead. She got a dead. real CEO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... That's not actually the biggest twist of this story. When we come back, we're going to hear an insane twist that will blow your cherry blossoms. So hang on tight, and we will be right back. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. 
His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the twist. <laughs> so she and Reiko went in for this interview with The New Yorker, right. with this journalist named Elif Bateman. Mm-hmm. And Elif is totally bewildered by this story, obviously, because this is a bewildering story. I mean, a man <laughs> gets hired as an actor to come and pretend to be this woman's ex-husband and the father of her daughter mm-hmm. and like lived with this family for a decade, you know, on and off, just stop by as part of their family. Yeah. It's wild. So she meets with Reiko. They sit down together for lunch. And Reiko says that Inaba will be coming to join them. Mm-hmm. Elif told her, oh, I thought Ishii was coming. And Reiko said, well, I don't know who that is. Who are you talking about? Ishii. Who's this guy? And she's like, he's the mm-hmm. president of the company. He owns Family Romance. And I'm pretty sure he's the same guy as Inaba. And Reiko kind of brushed that off. She's like, Inaba? President of Family Romance? I don't think so. Nah, not Inaba. Right? But when Ishii finally showed up, he was totally clear about his identity. He comes in, like, dressed real nice. Uh, He had just come from a TV interview. He's in a slick, fancy blazer over a black turtleneck. Very different to how he presents as Inaba Mm -hmm. when he's there. Um, And it was just like a totally different guy than Reiko's used to meeting. But when asked about it, Reiko said, quote, I think he doesn't change. He's very natural. Now I see him like this, and it's all the same. Hmm. 
Well, even though he's like so clear about them having two distinct personalities, she feels like... I think she just feels like, I know him so well that I know him. It doesn't matter. And there's a difference in their attitudes here. I think that as you're reading their conversations, you feel like Reiko is like, oh, I know him so well. Mm -hmm. And she's almost like, she doesn't. She knows Inaba really well. The character that I play. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But they sort of behave like a married couple at times while Batuman is hanging out with them. Uh, Like at one point, Reiko told Ishii that he had something on the side of his mouth. Like, you've got something right here. Mm -hmm. And he like just immediately turned and wiped the corner of his mouth off when he looked in a mirror. And Batuman wrote that, quote, it was the first of several moments where he seemed to visibly toggle between Ishii and Inaba. So the, it's like Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I think they're just rubbing off on each other. Okay. And they've spent so much quality time together being this couple who's not married but has a history and all this right. stuff and are very friendly with each other that, you know, it does sort of leave an imprint on you. Sure. and Well, and you get more comfortable right. around each other in ways that you just right. don't get when you're not in a long-term relationship. Like, yep. like technically this is a long-term relationship. Now, Reiko had already made clear that she felt like this was the best decision for her daughter. And when asked about the difference between a real family and a rental one, Ishii said that a rental family could in some ways be, quote, more than a family. Hmm. And Reiko clarified, saying, quote, if I hadn't gotten a divorce and was still married, I don't think I would be laughing like this or that I would be feeling this happy. It's not necessarily the case that the real family is the best thing that happens. Very true, especially if yeah. she's married to like an abusive guy. Right. I mean, you know. You can see where people say I'd rather have actors around me than, than this. Right. It's true. I mean, so many people have like shit parents, too, right, that right. you're just like. You know, there's so many, especially, I don't know about especially, but um, people would be like, cut off your abusive parent. And mm-hmm. people are like, don't do that. Try to talk to him. And it's like, at some point, it's just not healthy. So I'd rather hire an actor to walk me down the aisle right. than this actual dude who I hate. But you can talk about how, like, it reminds me of sex workers, for example, oh, sure. who, like, their job is to make you feel like you are sort of in love together, that you are important mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. Not, not always, but a lot of the times. Yeah. Or like dancers. Yeah. Uh, you know, that where th- th- I'm supposed to make you feel like all my attention is on you. You're the only person who matters to me. And in that moment, maybe it is. But when they walk away, what you feel is, wow, that person cares so much about me. Right. And to them, it's over. It's on to the next person. Mm-hmm. I, my job is done, you yeah. know, and it's that A. How difficult of a job is that? The compartmentalization is incredible. It's like that spy is a work, real skill. Almost. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you, you like, can't, you're gonna get disappear into this person. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you could go to too do. deep or something. Yeah, yeah, which is possible. As it an actor, is. I'll say that. I mean, you know, it's well, you see it all the time with people falling in love with like someone they play opposite, yep. and like yep. it doesn't last usually, right? Because it's not real, right? Like, it's just we had to act this so hard, yeah. And it felt real, but mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Bataman says she could tell how much Reiko loved Ishii, or at least his character Inaba. Mm -hmm. And when she left, the journalist asked Ishii if he had talked to to Reiko about ever, like, ending this charade and telling Mana the truth. Right. Because at some point, she's going to be a grown woman, right? right? Well, she is. I mean, it's been 10 years. She's like 20 now. She's like 20 years old. Yeah. And so he said he had. He pointed out, quote, if Mana got married and had kids... I would have grandchildren. Right. He'd have to lie to her husband. 
the husband's family, mm-hmm. any children they had. I mean, the yeah. more people who know him as Inaba, the more difficult it would be to keep the lie going. Right. And also, the more people who would be affected once the truth comes out. Right. Just like any trope where you fake a relationship, it I mean, becomes very complicated very quick. Yeah. If I'm if I'm uh, Mana's father-in-law and I meet my daughter-in-law's father and, like, you know, form any kind of even a mm-hmm. mild relationship with him and then find out one day, oh, that was an actor for hire, not for my benefit. Right. For that girl's benefit. Now this guy turned out to be totally... Fit. That's mind-blowing. That, That'd be so... So weird. ...difficult to deal with. Well, and when you question, like, what's real? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah. Mono probably would if she ever found out about right. this. She'd be like, is anything you ever said to me real? Do you have any feeling for me at all yeah. that's real? Or is this all a fake thing? Is that not worse than not having a dad at all? You know, I wanted to bring up uh, this article because all the names are changed to oh. protect, you know, anyone from knowing the truth here. Sure. I, I was wondering while I'm reading it like well how many people out there how many like girls might read this article who just met their father mm. for the first time and think oh shit is this me and then like have to second i always think that when articles come out where they've changed the names i'm like how many people out there think this might be about them that- and they don't know it weird that's so weird to me that is weird right but when it came to telling mana the truth ishii thought that she would understand when if yeah. if and when they finally do he he thought that she would see it as a story of a mother who loved her daughter and a guy who quote in his own limited way had shown her kindness and stability he said you know sure it's 50 bucks an hour but you pay people for things all the time and they're still jerks to you so <laughs> wow. he said quote was kindness invalidated just because money had changed hands that's fair i, I that's mean fair. you know it's kind of a sweet sentiment She's seen people in all kinds of situations, right? I mean, he's shared lives with dozens of families. Mm-hmm. He's been through school interviews. He's been to business conferences. He's gone to Disneyland with kids for the first time. He's like congratulated newlyweds dozens and dozens of sure. times as if he was family with them. He even attended a childbirth once, which they don't give the details I... of, but I'm like, who was he in this situation? <laughs> I know. Was he, was the, he the father? Was he the, was he the doctor? Oh, d- oh no, my no. God. To come <laughs> was in he and the like, doctor? I couldn't afford a doctor, so I hired an actor to play one to deliver this baby. All you have to do is sit between your legs and catch whatever comes out. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something about boiling water and towels. Sure. Uh, there's you, a lot of fluids. I don't know so... what the boiling water's for. Do you, you don't put the baby in the boiling water. No, right? you surely just want to... throw the wanna... baby out with the bathwater Yeah, comes you put from? the baby and then you throw them both out. Okay. I th- I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I think it's just to clean you up because you have a lot of fluids and blood sure, and shit and sure. all kinds of things come out of you. Does it have you to? St- do you need to bring birth. like a burner out? Does it have to still be boiling? I don't know. Maybe no, they have I'm a little, say no. They have a hot plate in every in every childbirthing suite. <laughs> it's like in a tea kettle. So <laughs> when it whistles, little, it's time yeah, for the baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Earl Jesus Grey. Pours it in. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh no! And then it kind of comes back to a question we brought up earlier. When Bataman asked him if he considered that in a way, is he Mana's father? Right. I mean, again, he's there for all these significant moments. Yeah. He's giving her confidence. Mm-hmm. He's teaching her things, surely, because when a kid spends time with an adult, you learn. Sure. Right? And he's in her life for 10 years, a few times a month. He said, quote, it proves a possibility that even if we're not a real family, even if it's a rental family, the way we interact with each other makes this a form of family. Huh. 
which yeah i mean sure there's something there to that like i said you you, you spend that time you make those bonds mm-hmm. and then what's different it's true now from this article the story blew up all right it spurred a massive interest in japan's rent a family industry mm-hmm. and shortly after this article nhk which is japan's public broadcasting network produced a documentary about Ishii and the family romance company. Conan O'Brien did a bit where he showed up at Ishii's office and asked for a fake family. <laughs> right. um, in 2019, director Werner Herzog made a movie called Family Romance LLC, which actually stars Yuichi Ishii as himself. Wow. So he's probably like, cool, I get to be in a movie? Man. <laughs> That's why I was, became an actor in the first right, place. Right, right. <laughs> The interest just blew up at this sto- once this Which, article came out. I mean, out. it gets fascinating when you get dig into it for right, sure. Right, right. Um, the Werner Herzog's film premiered at Cannes in 2019, and on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics' consensus is quote a fascinating exploration of human connection. Wow. And in 2019, the New Yorker was given the National Magazine Award in the featured writing category for Bateman's work, which honors original. Stylish storytelling. Wow. So, yeah, this is just a really fascinating story about a very different kind of experience with family and, like, what what really makes a bond, I guess. And I don't know. So I hope you all enjoyed it. So please write wait, in and tell us everything wait, you wait, think about... Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> this story ain't over. <gasps> what? No. Scratch that. Scratch all of it. No! Because it turns out this whole story we done been telling on this show is a more ridiculous romance than we ever thought it was. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, okay. Now, we all thought that this story was about a woman who hired an actor to play her ex-husband for her daughter. Right. I thought that. Yeah. You thought that. Sure. Werner Herzog thought that. Elif Bademan thought that. Well, hold on to your bento box, because this story's about to get twistier than a bowl of noodles, and you're going to shit talky all over yourself. <laughs> because about a year after the NHK ran this 30-minute documentary about family romance, they issued a retraction and an apology. Uh-huh. They had featured a separate story about a man who had lost his wife and hired a wife and daughter actor to come hang out with him. That's sad. And then they went on to talk about Reiko and Mana. Sure. Well, the man from that first segment came forward and said that he himself was actually an employee of Family Romance. He was an actor. <gasps> and after that, the New Yorker is like freaking out. And they're like, wait a minute, the, this featured guy in this documentary turned out to be an actor. And we ran a story on, they also talked about this guy in their article oh, and then went on to no. talk about Reiko and Mana. So they're like, uh, we better go back and double check everything here right. and run a couple more fact checks. <laughs> they found out that not only had Reiko, Mana's mother, made repeated false claims to both Bataman and the New Yorker's fact checkers, but that she was in fact not a divorced woman, but quite married. Uh-oh. And to whom was she married? That was going to be my next question. Yuichi Ishii! The, the guy she hired to play Inaba was actually what? her husband. This actually may have been a married couple conning the New Yorker for the publicity and this wild story. Uh, look look what you can do with family romance. You could hire a man to play your daughter's father. 
What like, the this fuck? This whole thing might be total bullshit. So he owns the company for sure. Yes. And he, he's definitely married to Reiko. So they might have made up this whole story to get clients for their business. He definitely owns the company. And she is definitely married. They are pretty sure that they are married to each other, but she wouldn't <sighs> confirm it, apparently. or And he oh. didn't make it very clear. Okay. Which makes it seem like he's, he's not wanting to give the real answer probably. because it sounds bad. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, the New Yorker left the article up saying that Elif and the fact checkers all acted in good faith. And there's still a lot of value about you know, the story about rental relative agencies in the article. Right. Quote, but our findings about Ishii and Reiko contradict fundamental aspects of these individual stories and broadly undermine the credibility of what they told us. Ishii denied any deception. He says everyone that they spoke to were real clients of family romance. Mm -hmm. And he admitted that he had been supporting Reiko and her family, I guess financially. But he, quote, did not give a clear answer as to whether they are married. So speculation station. Right. Okay. Maybe the story is true, like she did hire him, and they actually ended up having real feelings for each other, and then they got married. Got married maybe afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's possible. But then why not just say that? Why why tell the journalist, oh, I wish he would marry me and stuff? Like, why not? What a cute story that would be. I know. How weird. Yes. And if they got married after the interview... Sure. Then why would they be dodgy about it? Why wouldn't they just say, oh, and then you know what? We did get married. It was super fun. You know, so weird. it's so strange. Unless he's also married to someone else. Oh, no. <laughs> as Inaba, he married someone. And as a Shigi, he married someone. Maybe he has like, he's like doing an inception thing and he has double married many of his clients. Oh, shit. They all think that he's really marrying them, but it's just part of the gig. It's just part of the gig? Oh, wow, no. Wow, it's like the movie The know. Game where you never know. Oh, yeah, it is like The <laughs> Game. Do you remember The Game? Oh, I love The Game. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Hello. That is so fucking weird. And also, it's so weird. this guy that said he was an actor who hired a wife and daughter. Right, right. Like, was he an actor with a company and also a client? Or did he completely lie about hiring the wife and daughter? That's what is unclear to me. And and Ishii says, no, everybody you talk to is a client of mine. Because, I, so, I mean, you can hire even if you work for the company, right, I imagine. But right. That's still so fucking odd. It's so strange. And I'm I'm sitting here and I'm I'm literally in real time researching this story and going, oh, this is so interesting. Oh, she she hired this guy to play her. T- Wait, what? It's all fake. And I I'm like, do I have to scrap everything? Was this story fake? Right. You know, are we just gonna tell a big long story and say, never mind, it was uh-huh. all a lie? But it turns out if they were really married and running this kind of con together. Yeah. Then the story is the story that they told. Absolutely. Cause you can't Enjoy the twist without going along for the ride, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's just like, well, this is the ridiculous romance because sure. this couple is running this for some reason fake story. I mean, I think the reason is again just like marketing for them to say, "Look what you can do! Like, f- sure, hire sure. us if you need something like this." But it totally really damaged their reputation. Of course, it did. Uh, you know, once this came out, they, and and the reputation of the whole rental agency industry. Which uh, other journalists have come forward and said, I'm not sure that it exists as much as you say it does. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I found articles from 2009 and onward talking about several different companies, but I've had, there's a couple articles about the New Yorker article. And sometimes those journalists say, 
look, you know, you left your article up saying that it's valuable information about the rental industry. Right. But you don't even talk or cite much about them except for the uh, family romance company. Mm. So how do we know that's even real? I think it is. Okay, speculation station. Okay. If she did get in too deep and now he can't tell. Oh, no. Who he's really married to and who he isn't. So when they're like, are you married to Reiko? He's like, um, maybe. Oh, my God. So he is like... Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight yes. playing the game yes. in Inception. Yes. Whoa. Moon Knight playing Inception. That's what's happening to Ishii. <laughs> I'm taking no notes. <laughs> I'm ready for this movie. <laughs> now, ultimately, the NHK issued a big, huge apology for their documentary piece for deceiving their viewers. And the American Society of Magazine Editors discussed rescinding the National Magazine Award that they had given to The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. But just days before that decision was announced, The New Yorker decided that they were just going to return that award. They were like, don't you worry about it. Don't rip it out of our hands. We're just going to give it back. I guess that's better than having it a big headline about how you had to give it back. Right. And more like, oh, no, we knew that it was wrong. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's like turning yourself in. (laughs) Now, one of these articles I was talking about before uh, is in The New Republic, and it's by a guy named Ryu Spaeth. And he wrote in an article titled How the New Yorker Fell into the Weird Japan Trap that it can get easy to get sucked into the mentality of like, look how weird Japanese culture is. That's true. Right? He that says true. even the Japanese themselves sometimes get obsessed with this notion. Mm. We, we've done the holograms and stuff on this show. Yep. I think the few times we've looked at contemporary Japan, it's been, oh, it's so weird. Right. But, you know, obviously for the vast majority of Japanese people, it's not necessarily like this. Right. Um, but he does point out how strange it must have been for Elif Bottoman, the journalist, since, like, this whole thing is so topsy-turvy, That's right? That's who I feel sorry for. They got an award right. for doing, as far as they knew, a good job. Yeah. Um, he says that, like, when you read the article of her account of meeting Reiko and Ishii together, quote, with the new knowledge that they're performing high-wire subterfuge, <laughs> it's so disorienting that it almost makes one queasy. Because <laughs> it is. You go read this article, and if you know that they're right. lying to her, you're like, this poor journalist right. you know they're like really she is like trying to piece it all together she's like this is so strange mm-hmm. and this whole thing about how oh you know i really love him actually i wish he would marry me what is that? but they're actually married come on well, that is the almost the strangest thing about it is right. that they chose to tell this weird story instead of what could have been an equally inspiring and more real story more true story i don't know maybe just adding... unless they aren't married to each other yeah. And, you know, he's married, but to someone else. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just those adding those elements of truth that make the lie seem real. More believable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fucking weird. Ryu also points out that Japanese journalists fell for this story, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole NHK right. like, did a whole thing about it. So it's not a misunderstanding, you know, from being a cultural outsider, sure. he's pointing out. But he makes the point that, quote, Batuman's story is not that the Japanese are weird, but that we are all weird, that we have strange, complicated notions of family, and we deal with them in convoluted and sometimes absurd ways. And I just got to say, amen to that, Ryu, Uh because 
kind of what this show is all about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about this all the time, just the weird things people do mm-hmm. to feel love, to yeah. express themselves, to feel like they have a family, to feel like they're close to someone. Well, and it's just so interesting on like a scientific level of like the human nature of bonding. Yeah. Is so fascinating yeah. because like, I mean, like just take the lie completely out of the story. Right. And, you know, we learned in the pandemic that there's all these like very very slight casual interactions with like your favorite barista or the server at the restaurant that we missed out on that and actually were very important for our mental health that you would think it doesn't matter you just need your your main you know your bottom bitches near you and you don't have to go out (laughs) and like have a casual interaction with someone but actually they're very important for us so it's like all these different types of bonds that you can make and how long they last and how strong they are and how important they are are just so varied and, and which ones weird <laughs> and what what is i guess i should say and does it matter if those are manufactured right you know like how what does genuine even mean mm-hmm. you know like if it's not organic if you sort of like curate your relationship with someone else how different is it to go hire an agency to do that than it is to like go through a dating website and try and pick out the right partner for yourself Right, who you is know? definitely putting on a show because they want you to see yeah, the best yeah. of themselves. And, and it's like Ishii said, just because money exchanged hands, does that take away from the kindness that we're sharing together, from the relationship mm-hmm. that we built? Right. You know, I mean, I I wonder half the time if he's not like, you know, I spent so much time with this family and I really care about them. I almost wish I could just do this for free for them because mm-hmm. I care about them. But I, I can't do that. Yeah, it's my job. Gotta eat. I was thinking about that. We were watching Miss Marvel the other night. Just as a weird so way to good, throw this back. And the kid who works at the shop, uh, uh, Bruno, right? Oh, he yeah, works at sure. the corner store that they all shop at. And I was like, if you work somewhere that's so community-based and you know everyone so well, wouldn't you want to give them all free stuff? Wouldn't you want to always just be like, don't worry about it today, Absolutely. Mr. Joe. Mm-hmm. Take your coffee. But you can't do that. And Mr. Joe also knows that you can't do that. Right. And it's not like, well, you're my friend. Why are you charging me? You're everybody's friend. Right. Your job is to be my friend. So right. it's okay here. I was thinking about that with work. Like, yeah. first of all, your work friends that yeah. you may like, I don't know if that happens as much in offices, but I know in restaurants you have like your in the trenches, like you're like, <laughs> yeah. we'll be friends for life. And then when you leave the job, often you don't necessarily hang out with those people anymore. Right. It doesn't make the bond that you had while you worked together any less. Yeah. It's just, it's a particular place that you had that bond and yeah. a very sp- particular time and situations and stuff i don't know i mean does that make it less of a a friend Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just such a weird the human heart you know yeah well and i think just to get back to these three i think the most bizarre part of the story to me is that we don't know if mana even exists what they didn't meet the daughter that journalist never met the daughter this was a story that was told so Mana might not be Mana might not exist at all. Oh my god. We don't know if they have a daughter together, if Reiko had a daughter to begin with, if that's how she met. Is she again, maybe she did hire this guy for this exact problem and sure. they fell in love and got married. We don't know. But I kind of speculation station feel like the whole daughter story might be made up. If they never produced her, then I'd think that too. Yeah. I would think that too. Now I need to know for sure. (laughs) But I guess if they're like, I don't want to bring her because then she'll know it's a lie. Exactly. Exactly. 
and they Weird. change all the names oh and God. stuff. Oh my God, how do you know? Right. And if she is real, she's what she's, she'd be like 22 now okay. and still think that this guy is her dad. Unless she read this article and was like, right. wait a second. I was being bullied around <laughs> my the My dad was 10. in a music video. <laughs> <laughs> my dad said he was in a Rashi music video. Oh, Maybe they changed boy. the band name or something too. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed going on this ride with us. So many twists and turns. This one, I think we can do a real ending now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the last twist, right. I uh, Please let us know what you thought. We'd love to hear reactions to this one. Yeah. Of course, we love getting your suggestions for other stories. Or just say, hey, say whatever you want. We yeah. love getting emails. We're stuck in the house with COVID. Exactly. Um, Talk to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, shoot us an email, ridicromance at gmail.com. Right. Or we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, It's Eli. And the show is at Riddick Romance. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, thanks for spending your time with us. And we will catch you all the next episode, which is going to be part three of Colette. Ooh, exciting. I can't wait. See you then. Bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare hey i'm jay shetty and i'm the host of the on purpose podcast and i had the opportunity to talk to one of hollywood's major icons michael b jordan in our conversation michael shares the highs the lows and everything in between offering a genuine glimpse into his world the closest to getting what you want is always the hardest people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get listen to on purpose with jay shetty on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the therapy for black girls podcast is your space to explore mental health personal development and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves i'm your host dr joy harden bradford a licensed psychologist in atlanta georgia And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.